Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. And welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Uh, this is uh, this is our last episode before we take a little break. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm well practiced after our episode last week. I'm grounded and meditated and ready to go. I'm ready to go. Take That's my right. take my cooking class. I know. I'm excited to hear about it when you come back. I have even heard, uh, just as in the matter of follow-up, you know, my, my father-in-law actually has taken this very class, and he got out of it inspired to buy all new fancy knives. You know those ceramic, like, always sharp knives? Yes. I think, I think new knives are in my future. So am I going to have to call you, like, Chef Pete? <sighs> Dare to dream. <laughs> okay, but this is even the bigger question, Mr. Wright. Yeah. You're going to be taking this cooking class... And then you're going to be coming home mm-hmm. to your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Did you, you get, how long did it take you to guess? <laughs> like, did you, you knew right up because I screwed you, up. You got to let me ask the question. <laughs> Are you going to be able to cook on your stove? Yes, I am. Yay. With pliers. This is the, no, no pliers required. <laughs> this is the answer to my long tolerations nightmare. It is over uh, this week. We executed on the toleration problem, you know, I had to, to recap, I had no yes. knobs, the knobs broke on my oven. And so we've been using, we had been using pliers and this is on the order of years to turn on the oven. Like you, like, you know, growing up in, on an old, like UHF TV set, you know, use the pliers to change a channel for those who are old enough to remember. Uh, and then, uh, then the oven just broke and only cooks at 10,000 degrees. So that's it. You turn it on, it goes straight to 10,000 degrees. Which and, is not good for is, any kind of recipe. No, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough on food at that heat. And then, so we, we'd been living for nearly a year, I think, on, on a toaster oven for a family of four because this had become a toleration. It's just ridiculous that it had become a toleration. So to actually, for people that are new to the show or maybe have no idea what we're talking about with tolerations, if you go back, I don't know what episode it is, but um, we talk about tolerations and Pete definitely goes into great detail <laughs> this stove issue even more detail than you just did i do it's it's great detail and and so that had broken and so but then that doesn't end there i mean the other part of the toleration in my hashtag guess the toleration photo shoot on twitter yes yes uh, is that i we also had uh, another thing break the last summer this time last summer uh, we got back from our vacation and turned on our dishwasher and the water had just stopped working the pump 
stopped pumping water into the dishwasher. So since then, we've been hand washing our dishes, and we had a dead dishwasher. And uh, eating out of a toaster too. oven. And eating out of a toaster oven. So for the whole family in the house, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, it's just ridiculous when you think about it. Like, we, we just didn't have the momentum to go out and do it, and we were both busy, and we just never did it. And so we finally did it, and we got both in one day. We got both uh, both of our tolerations knocked out, and I am so happy about that. New dishwasher, Fantastic. new stove, and the the dishwasher is great. It even has a it has the piranha in it. It's got it's got a disposal in it, so you don't even really have to wash like rinse the dishes all that hard. That's right. Just that's it'll awesome. chew up stuff. They said no bone, no bone. So well, that's that's a good rule. No idea. Anyway. No, don't get really. any ideas. Yeah. Well, you know, with your, with your guess, what my toleration was, cause yes, if you go into Twitter and go past you know, Pete decided to give me a, a, a riddle <laughs> this morning and I was cracking up. I did guess it in the first riddle. The, the reason though, I think is because I'm a puzzle person. I like puzzles. I like figuring things out. And so the first show, uh, photo that you gave me, it kind of looked like a stove, like it looked like a stove top. Yeah, and yeah. so, and knowing you and your tolerations, you know, I figured it out now, if you, had given me the last two photos, I don't think I would have figured it out. No, I, I it was me. This is on me in the wrong order. Yeah, wrong order. But yeah. congratulations. Thank you. I'm awesome. very pleased. So, uh, you know, it's funny. I really like that hashtag guess the toleration. And if you have <laughs> tolerations you've been dealing with, send us photos. Uh, it, it, hashtag guess the toleration because we would love to try and, and, uh, and see what your tolerations are really close up. See if you can stump yeah. each other. That, that's fun. Kind of a fun game. Yeah, fun game. All right. So, that's not what we're talking about today, though. No. We, what are we talking about today? Well, today I had a, well, not today, but uh, earlier in the week, I had a question asked of me. Mm-hmm. And um, it was such a great question. I asked her if it was okay if I shared it on the podcast. And she said, absolutely, share, share, share. So that's what I want to do. And it's about it, it, organizing. It, yeah. I mean, this it gets to a question that we actually opened Two like two weeks ago, we we even titled the show "Organizing Just Enough," and I don't think right. we ever specifically said what is organizing just enough. And I think your your uh, group member actually asks the question specifically. Here you go to help me through this. What is yes. just enough? So uh, go ahead and why don't you share the uh, the email and and then we'll well, we'll yes, hash it and out. this is somebody that's in one of my group coaching. Um, groups. And, uh, what her question was is on my quest to get organized. I think I may set myself up for an unrealistic expectation. I expect that once I reach the Nirvana state known as organized, and both of those words, Nirvana and organized are quoted, then I will always be on top of my game and rarely screw up, get behind, forget, stray, etc. Right now, I think I spend 80% of my time fumbling around in chaos and 20% of the time organized and in control. I'd like to flip those numbers or even be on top of my game 90% of the time and let human failing fall into the 10% range, which I have to say, I do I, I personally, Nikki Kinzer, does not, I do not believe that it's human failing. So I agree with you there. Throw that I, in there. I, Peter but, Wright, agree yes. with you, Nikki Kinzer. It is not about failing, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So her two questions are this. One, 
In your best estimation or opinion, what percentages would a highly organized person have? Someone like you, an expert, someone who has done a lot of work in this area. Two, what percentages do you think the average person has? Someone who doesn't have ADHD maybe has a passing interest in becoming more organized but never felt strongly compelled to improve because they feel like things are pretty good. Wondering what standard I should be striving for. What is realistic? Thanks. Such a great set of questions. And, it is. Oh, my goodness. The first, the, you know, there are two things that jump out at me. First of all, you already said it, that uh, the thing about human failing. I want to hear more about what you have to say there. Second is nirvana state. Even when I'm at my very, very best, I would never call it nirvana because it's, it's, it's a thing that you never – there's no end to it. You never actually reach the end. Like It's not like yeah. a goal that I'm going to get organized and then be finished. Well, and that's a really good point because I, I bring this up. Um, we've, we've talked about this in past shows and I bring it up in the guided presentation, um, on organizing your space, your way is that it's not, it's not, it's just like cleaning your house. Um, if you know, you can't expect to clean your house once and think that it's going to always stay that way. And it's really the same thing with organizing. You have to continue to, to really daily pay attention, take action, um, put things back. I mean, there's just a lot more steps almost with organizing than even cleaning. Um, so absolutely. I think it's a, it's an ongoing process. Um, the piece with the failing part, you know, when I read that, I think that it, it isn't anything to do with us personally. Our spaces get unorganized because they just do things happen. Life happens. Um, we get busy, we get distracted. And I don't think it really has anything to do with, with really who the person is. It's just sort of what happens. And so, um, that would be the first thing, you know, it's not about failing. It's just what it is. It is just what it is. And- you know, I like to think of it this way. It's, it's about, it's not about human failing. It's about entropy. You know, think about it this way. When you say it's not like you're just going to clean your house and expect it to stay clean. The first thing that hit me was, well, maybe you could expect if you were going to clean your house and then leave and not right. live there. But then I thought, you know, not even then that's not even Dust a good example. Dust yeah. It gets dirty. It decays. It like settles and you still have to clean it. And, and, uh, and so I think there is no reasonable expectation that at any point you're going to be able to be finished with this process. It's a matter of finding comfort in the journey. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's comfort in the journey. And you know, one of a couple of things I want to point out, the reason that, um, I named the, the organizing guided pr- presentation, organize your space, your way is because it is specific to ADHD. And I really feel that people have to consider their ADHD and really consider what their definition of organization is not anybody else's, but theirs. And that's really how I answer this question is I think it depends on the person. Um, you know, I don't know if there's an average, um, because I really think everybody's different. Everybody's tolerance level of what they can kind of stand is different. Um, their definition of organization is different. And so, you know, in the guided presentation, I talk about what is good enough and what is the definition, what is your definition of organization? Um, and really to answer her first question about myself, you know, I think that when I lived by myself, and this kind of goes to your point about, well, what if you clean your house and leave? (laughs) When I lived by myself, I could say that I would say probably 90% of the time I was pretty organized and 10% of the time I was looking for stuff. Uh, And this was, you know, this is an easy thing for me to say because I lived in a small place. I, you know, it was just me. I am an organized person by nature. This was before I ever was a professional organizer. I just 
it came naturally to me. I didn't keep a lot. So I could find things when I needed them. And that was, and that is still today, my definition of organization. Can you find what you need when you need it? Um, now for somebody who has a type A personality that has maybe some OCD tendencies, their percentage is probably more like a 90, 10 as well. Um, it comes very natural to them, you know, and that's just how they live. Um, there is no right or wrong in that. Uh, you know, it's, it, again, it's just that tolerance of what, what you can stand, you know, what, when does it get to be too much that you have to do something about well, that, that? That's right. I mean, the first thing that strikes me is the people I know who are type A with OCD tendencies, they are super organized and not very happy. They're super stressed out. They're constantly going. It's like their engine is always revving in the red line. And, and that I think is a challenge. And that's when, you know, they, they need help and they recognize they need help. And sometimes they choose to take it and sometimes they don't. Right. Um, so there, there is and a the, cost that comes with kind of where, where you're revving your engine. And it's kind of on a different spectrum, like, yeah. right? You've got, you've got somebody who's really unorganized and, and unhappy and living in chaos. And then maybe you have somebody that is paying too much attention. And I mean, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot going on there. So I think balance is probably key here. Um, I, I did go on to also say that I think that um, your organization, or I actually didn't reply this to her, but just to reply this to you and to the, our listeners, your organization is going to change really depending on where you are in life. So like I said, for me living by myself, it was pretty easy. Now, when I got married, I'm combining households with another human being who has, you know, just as much stuff as I do or, and our organization, um, patterns or skills are different. And so, um, love him, but I would say that he's probably looking for more stuff than I am. Um, and that's okay. I, uh, I tend you go, to kinda... it's great that you go from like being really delicate about how you phrase the relationship and where you are to being just not really delicate yeah, at all. It right? is what it is. I mean, I, I help him find his keys and you know, it's all good. Um, but I would say when it was just still my husband and I, you know, even then I would say 80% of the time we were still in a pretty organized state of, of household, um, with 20% looking for stuff. And back in the day I was notorious for, Oh, company's coming over. I'm going to throw things in drawers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> very notorious for that. And so my husband w- knew that about me and he's like, okay, so what did you do with this? What drawer is it in? I'm like, ah, we'll have to find that. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you the kicker. And, and this is again, where I, I want to go back to, I don't think it's about anything that we fail to do when you bring children in the mix. It, it's a, it's a game changer of what your, um, definition of organization is probably going to be. I, I could say now, comfortably, I would be 60 to 70% of the time. I'm, I feel pretty organized. Um, the other part, it, it's not so much that I don't know where things are. It's just that the, the items don't always get placed back in their homes. Um, and it gets messy and it gets disorderly. So I'm thinking of like my daughter's room, the playroom, our garage. Oh gosh, don't get me started on that. Um, there's certain areas in my home that are definitely at much lower percentage that I just need to start paying attention to. So, you know, I think you put the more people, the more stuff you put in, the harder it is, um, to get those percentages, you know, quite to where you would want them to be. But that's the whole point of, 
um, what this guided presentation is and, and what I was telling her is that I really feel like once you go through the process of getting organized and you pick a space and you sort through it and you assign, you know, homes for your things, um, it really doesn't it's not as bad when things start to get into disorder um, because you've already taken those initial steps to organize it in the first place. So when you backslide, which is going to happen no matter what, it, it's not as hard to get things back in order, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, it, going back to the percentages and kind of where should she be, I think it's really just a comfort level. What are you comfortable with? Um, what is your tolerance? When does it, when do you shift from being out of control to really feeling back in control of your space? Which doesn't mean it has to be perfect. It doesn't mean that the, it, it doesn't allow any kind of mess. It's just what is comfortable for you. Um, and you know, I, I did tell her, and this is, this is, really why I'm so passionate about teaching about organization is my hope for her and for anyone who, who works with me, um, can find that happy medium, you know, what is good enough? What does that look like, um, to have peace? And, uh, again, it doesn't, it has nothing to do with perfection or having this home that needs to look like it needs to be on a magazine. Yeah. And that's, um, that, I think you really put a, a good point to that, which is, uh, you know, you have to get to know your triggers, when do you feel triggered that you are moving into a state of disorganization, right? And and so that it doesn't like creep up on you. And that's that's one of the things that I find I deal with all the time, which is like I you know even if my office is a, um you know pretty organized and and you ask me if I can find what I need when I need it, the answer is yes. I mean I I generally can. I don't find myself standing in my office looking around for stuff. Right. Uh, but I do find that sort of cognitive disorganization uh, when I find I start getting a little bit behind on email or I haven't scheduled the, my work times in my calendar and, you know, I have too many documents on my desktop that I've been working on and I haven't gone through and filed them in the right places. Suddenly I'll start to forget where the work is that I was working on. So my disorganization comes either in my head or in my digital workspace, which is, you know, for me where I spend most of my time. You know, have I uploaded all the right podcast files? Have I, you know, are these designs done for this client? Like, if if I get work stopped in progress on too many projects, uh, that's when I start, can can start to trip up, and so that is a trigger for me. Like when I look at my desktop and see more than like fifteen documents on there, I know that's a trigger. Now that's that's a sign that I need to book time with myself on my calendar in order to get back to balance, like you said, to find that eighty twenty. Yeah, um, yeah, you know. Because I don't think it's ever perfect all the time. And no. like we were saying at the beginning of the show, I don't think it's an ongoing process that you constantly have to pay attention to. And, and the, you know, the last thing that I left with her is, you know, I think it's really easy for us to set these high expectations of what it means to be organized, what it means to be, you know, on top of our game. Um, and then when we don't make, meet those expectations, again, we feel like we failed and it's just not that way. Um, we're doing the best we can. And are we paying attention to the things that really matter? You know, do your children know you love them? Do they know they're cared for? Are they paid attention to? Those are the kinds of things that they're going to remember that are much more important than how clean or organized your house was. And I'm not saying it's not important, but again, I just want to, you know, really hit on what is the balance and be kind to yourself 
um, and give yourself the same grace that you would give your best friend or somebody you loved because you are your worst critic. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're just doing the best we can. We really are. And, and yeah. I think you, you put a good point. I mean, geez, give yourself the freedom from the language of failure. Yeah. Yeah, right? absolutely. It's, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not reaching a holy place and you, you are not a failure. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and again, going back to that transition, things are going to change again and your organization's going to have to change with it. You know, as kids get older, they have different needs. And as they leave the house, then you're back to an empty nest. What's that going to look like? I yeah. mean, there's just always these transitions that are constantly happening in our lives. And I think we forget that, oh, the organization kind of, you know, goes with that too. It's just easy to not pay attention to. But Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's my whole point do it your way, do it to, to what is comfortable for you. And, and don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Don't worry. And, uh, don't especially use the next two weeks. We're going to be on vacation. Yes. So use the next two weeks to practice. Yes. That's what I'm saying. That's right. And yeah. if you like what I said here and this resonates with you, then I also encourage you to te- uh, to please check out those guided presentations. We have the Organizing Your Way and also the um, Paper Solution as well. Great frameworks for getting started and uh, and potentially experiencing coaching for the first time if you've never thought about it. Take a look That's at the website. Right. It's all there. Take Control ADHD. Uh, and thank you, everybody, for listening. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you in two weeks. We're going to be back talking about money on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.